Riverside. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uri here. We have another special guest on our podcast yet again. He is a contributor for our website, The Sixer Sense, coming on our podcast yet again. Welcome back, Matt Cahill, man. Welcome back. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Certainly glad to have you back, man. We got some stuff to talk about. I'm I'm excited for it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to talk some Sixers. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, shout out to Daryl. I apologize for not putting a double R in your first name. Chris made me aware of it a couple hours after we published it. So my bad, Daryl, and I'm sorry I couldn't be on. I had some urgent I had to handle. Before you guys get started, I have to say the new Sixers jerseys, if they are actually what they are, the city edition, it reminds me of, and they mentioned in the podcast, I wasn't there. It's like um, the icing design on a ShopRite cape. <laughs> huh. that's, that's what it looks like. Like someone took one of the little squeezy baggy I, things with the white icing and was like, hey, happy birthday, Sixers, 76. I don't know if that's a, is that a compliment or an insult? I don't. I'm pretty sure it's not a compliment. Yeah, I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> I, I like look. I I I like it, but okay. I'm not feeling it. I'm not okay. They're, they're okay. nice. They're okay at least. You know, mm-hmm. I like birthday cake. You know. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with cake? <laughs> Nothing against birthday cake, personally. <laughs> yeah. Raj is an old man that he doesn't like birthday cake anymore. Damn, I okay. can't have a birthday now. <laughs> I'm that old. I can't have a cake. No, 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 no. I'm saying that you're you so old out. that you don't enjoy cake anymore. Oh, I'm that old man. Get off my lawn. I don't want yeah. a cake for my birthday. Okay. Yep. I see yep. how it is. Yeah. Care about you, though, buddy. That's a really nice way to take the heat off of how bad the uniforms look, but that's all right. Hey, you do. <laughs> hey, I got to do what I got to do to protect the brand, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I can love the Sixers without liking what they're wearing. Yeah, that's true. I definitely did not like those uh, Phila jerseys a couple years ago or the ones with the bell. Those two jerseys were just awful. Yeah, and take crypto off the look. Like, crypto's in a bad place right now. That logo, I don't even know how crypto is still a thing right now. So hang on, but... hang on. You're right. I'm hearing my washer going on. I'm going to stop it. I don't okay. know if you guys can hear it, but I'm going to stop it just in case. All right, go ahead. Give me one second. Sorry about that. Thought it was going to be quiet enough. It is not. Chris, do you remember, I guess, two years ago? Yeah, when <laughs> we watched her. Yeah. We, it, what, what, what noise would it make, Chris? Would it beep or what? what would yeah, it, it was beeping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I forget. It, it would be in the middle of a serious Probably. conversation. All of a sudden, we're like, beep. What is that? What is he doing? That's, that's my washer, guys. <laughs> Or his parents playing Uno in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Draw four, mom. <laughs> I was just, just looking up the jerseys. I actually had not seen the jerseys. I was actually just like looking up on my phone while we were talking. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I really uh, I really loved the Spectrum jerseys last year. They were awesome. They were cool. I like the, the black ones from two years ago. The Spectrum ones are number two for me. And these are number three. Boathouse Row. I like those too, yeah. Lucas. Yeah. Those Chris does not like Chris hates those. Anyway. That's why Ben Simmons got mad at Joel, because he mm-hmm. had to wear a TTP on his chest. <laughs> those, TTP. The black jerseys were Ben's idea. They were? No, but I'm sure that TTP was not his idea. I'll, I'll put money on that. He didn't want to put TTP wow. on there. 
but you yeah, know. I think Miami's just hard to deal with no matter what, though. Wait, how are we talking about jerseys? We talked about it already last week. You wanted to bring it up, remember? Right. Oh, you oh, it up. oh, my bad. You... My memory is leaving me. My memory is leaving me. I'm so old. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It happens. Okay. We're going to jump into the ESPN Top 100 now. Naturally, there's going to be some dissent amongst the ranks here because I can just never agree with where players should be ranked. We're going to start with James Harden. Guys, James Harden, according to ESPN, is the 11th best player in the NBA right now. He is ahead of players like Kawhi Leonard and Carl Anthony Towns, who is 13, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler, all those guys are behind him. We'll go to you first, Matt. Do you agree with Harden being 11, or do you think he should maybe be higher? Should he be in the top 10? What are your thoughts there? When it comes to the Sixers, it's hard for me not to be like a ridiculous rose-colored optimist because I always want to hope, hope, hope. Um, 11 feels too high for me, and that's just based on last year. So if if I'm being realistic, just looking at last year, I, I, I might have put Harden in the 20s, and that might be too negative. Um, if Harden comes back to even the, you know, when they, Brooklyn first traded for him, Harden, then I think he is top 10 maybe. I think he, he can be that good. I just think we did not see that last year, and so we're kind of hoping he returns to form. So 11, 11 for me feels a little high personally. I don't know how anybody else feels about it, but I'm certainly hoping he winds up there. Yeah, I think – 11 is like the medium between what he was last year and what we hope he could be. If he's like prime James Harden, he's top five. But if he, what he was last year, I think 20s is probably a good place to put him. So I think putting him 11, not having him top 10. And look, he's above guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who struggled with injuries most of the year. Cat's never going to be a top 10 player. I still think James Harden is better than Trey Young. Even last year, you could argue that. I don't know how much you could argue that. I, I'm sure Chris would argue against that. But um, my point is, I, I think 11 is a compromise here. And I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with 11 being the compromise. It's balance between being optimistic and not in being pessimistic. Okay. So here's where I struggle with this. Because I don't want to seem like the pessimist. I And that's kind of my billing. But no one has defended James Harden on this podcast more than me, right? Like, I yeah, yeah. all the time. All last you do. season, while he was presumably struggling, I was, like, the guy speaking up for him. I had him in the 20s, like, low 30s like you, Matt, because that's just what he was last season. He wasn't a top 11 player. Yeah. I think this is a projection to, going into next year, though. Yeah, that, that's what I'm to that place? Sure, it's very possible. But he is getting older. He has a lot of miles on his body. It's by no means a guarantee. Should he be higher than Trey Young right now? I don't know. Trey's still getting better too, and Trey's younger. And should Kawhi be number twelve? No, probably not. Like I know Kawhi has his age and injury problems too, but Kawhi should be higher than James. Just because last time we saw him, Kawhi was maybe the best player in the world. So that was a year ago. It was, but like, like I, I think James is a little too high. Could he earn it? Sure, it's very possible. I'm not. It's not egregious. It's not without merit. But I, I certainly don't think he should be in the top ten. I would have him somewhere in the twenties, maybe even late twenties, based on just last season. But like room to move up for sure. 
if he's as healthy. But as... we know that he, yeah, I was about to say, we knew that he was unhealthy last year. So, like, I think that's part of this, too, right? Yeah, 100%. And, look, James Harden in his prime in Houston was a top three player. Maybe the best offensive player of his generation, like an absolute megastar. So I'm not one to sit here and, like, nitpick his game or anything because he is more than talented enough on paper to be a top ten player. He's been there many times before. But based on last season and where he's been the last year or so, 11 might be a tad high. And there's some names there, Jimmy, Trey, Kawhi specifically come to mind. Those are just guys I would put above James pretty comfortably right now. And could that change? Sure. I don't know if I'd be willing to project James ahead of them just yet. Chris, let me ask you this, because I feel like this is going to be a fun talking point. Would you put Rudy Gobert, who was ranked 17th on this list, higher than James Harden? Well, literally, we can go back to my list, and Rudy is ahead of James Harden. So, yes. Uh, uh, like if we, did you say yes? He said yes. He said yes. Just If we're basing it on last season, yeah. No. Projecting ahead. Yeah, Rudy's really good, and he's right in the middle of his prime. He's the best defender in the world. Like You yeah. know what? I'm, I'm going to let Uri get on in on this one because I know Uri's jumping at, chopping at the bit here. Could James make me look stupid? Yes, he's capable of that. But Rudy's really good. Rudy is an elite defender. He's the best rim protector in the entire league. But he is very limited offensively. And he can be put on skates by not just point guards, but wing players. We've seen it many times. So, ben Simmons dropped well, around 30 on him. Hello. Yeah. yeah. A motivated 42. Ben Simmons dropped a 42. 42 yeah. And, and how far has Utah gone in the playoffs? So if he was such a great player, I mean. So Gobert yeah. is a two-trick pony, right? He's, yeah. he's the best rebounder in the league and maybe the best interior defender in the league. But then every other skill that he has, I would say, is below average for NBA level. Okay, um, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Chris. Would you have said at any one t- time in his career that Ben Wallace was a top 20 or a top 15, top 20 player in the like, NBA? I, I honestly cannot say that I watched Ben Wallace enough to have an opinion on that. Like, I, I just Before my time. I'm young. I'm sorry. I, I, would, I would say he's up there. He's already a Hall of Famer. And I mean, he could. But was he another. But, but was he ever. Like Rudy Gobert is a better offensive. Yeah, you get I my see your point. point. You, you, that's a very good comparison, and it, it it should make Chris shiver in his boots right now because because <laughs> that's a very good point. That that yeah, tells you that he's ranked too high. He's ranked too high. Yeah. Ben Wallace was uh, Ben Wallace was not nearly the offensive player that Rudy Gobert is. I mean, just based off of lobs and stuff. But like Ben Wallace was much better defender. And no, he wasn't. Like yes, Chris, much Chris, better. You, you did not, not see him play. We did. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of with Chris here. I would call them comparable. Whoa, I don't know watch your tone. Watch whoa, your tone. Watch whoa, your tone there, buddy. Whoa, whoa, watch whoa. your tone. Rudy is 30. I am older. I did see them. So do we. Many all defense teams has been. Like it's not like I've never seen Ben Wallace play. I'm not like totally in the dark there. Rudy is an all-time defensive player. He's one of the best defenders we've ever seen. He he's deserves to be on that level. Just 
based on accolades. He's on that level. But what Lucas is saying, if Ben Wallace didn't get that high of a ranking on an ESPN but like the, list, but like the Bears a better offensive player than Ben Wallace, but not like by not a that lot. much better. <laughs> yeah, Gobert is a good offensive player, like a genuinely. He can't. He can't Matt said he's under. He's below him. average. Matt he's one of the best average. finishers. He in can't the game. dribble. He can't dribble. If he catches the ball at the rim, then he can dunk. Seventy percent. He's rim. seven foot one. He can dunk at the rim. Congratulations. And that's really valuable. <laughs> when you do that better than everyone he else. Can't dri- if he dribbles valuable. one time, Chris, if he dribbles one time, his shooting percentage goes below 50%. Ooh. That's fine. But Ooh. if you're the best finisher not dribbling ball in the NBA, that's valuable. There's a lot of value in that. Just the little simple, easy shots at the rim. If you're the best in the league at that, that's pretty valuable. You know who was also really good at that for a long time? DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> yeah, DeAndre Jordan used to be an all-star. Yeah. He was a two-time all-star. He was a two-time all-star. It's All funny. Right, Offensively listening to what he was saying, my mind immediately went to Montrez Harrell because that's how he scores. Guys, we got to get off. Montrez can Let's do more than that. Can I say one thing about Harden? So okay. I think we're going to know about Harden right away. I think the first month we will know which Harden we have because either it was a fluke year because of the injuries and because he was out of shape, or ages hit him because we're and we're going to know that right away within the first month because if he has any burst any explosion even by slow hardened standards he's going to he's going to destroy people and, yeah. and if he doesn't then he deserves to be in the 20s so we're going to know right away is yeah, it year because of the injuries or is this who he is now and look look and by the way you can still win a championship with a harden in the 20s i think especially if maxi reaches his 100%. potential like, look, Harden, Harden's still a top two point guard, arguably the best point guard in the NBA, depending on what Chris Paul looks like, right? He could be the best point guard if Chris Paul takes a step back this year, right. in my opinion. Well, in Steph, terms of playmaking. Trey, Dame. Nah. Dame's – okay, okay, let's think about this for a second. I'm talking about from playmaking, orchestrating an offense. There's only two players that do it at elite level, in my opinion, in the NBA. That's James Harden and Chris Paul. Because sure. we saw what James Harden did. Trey Young's going to be off the ball more this year. Steph Curry has never been a primary playmaker. That's Draymond Green's job. And you said Dame? Dame's the score first guy. So playmaking wise, I when okay. I think of point guard, I'm thinking sure. of a orchestrator. That's, a That's what I Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris now. Obviously, Jarrell's in the top 10. As of this recording, they haven't released the top 10. I'm assuming he's top 5. I hope he is. He deserves to be. Let's talk about Tyrese and Tobias, though. Tyrese Maxey, guys, is the 44th best player in the NBA, according to Yeah. In my personal opinion, that seems pretty, pretty high for Tyrese, as much as I love him. Again, you're not going to find a more ardent supporter of Tyrese Maxey than me. But Apparently not. seems a little high. Maybe you will. You'll find him on this podcast. But Matt, how, how do you feel about 44 for Tyrese? Do you think that's too high, too low? Or just right? I actually kind of think it's just right because um, I'll tell you what. So we don't know where he's going to go this year. If you just look at his numbers and his stats since the Harden trade, after the Harden trade, and I, I'm, I'm saying this off the top of my head, I bet he was top 30 or top 40 last year after the Harden trade because he put up ridiculous numbers. Um, if he is that kind of player, 
then I think 44 is too low. And I think he's going to be, he could rise up to the 20s. And I know a lot of people are projecting that he could be an all-star this year. And if he makes that jump, I mean, you know, there's only, you know, a handful of guys that make the all-star team. He's top 25 right there. So I think 44, just for like a starting point for this year, with the expectation that he could be higher is pretty fair. Yeah, I think it's fair too. And Matt, just to give you some numbers from that. Since the Harden trade, he shot 48% from three-point land. That's a little unsustainable, but if he yeah. averages around 40% from three-point line, that's pretty high. He's one of the fastest guards in the league with the best touch. Not only is he one of the fastest, but he has one of the better touches in the league. He has potential on defense. He's small, but we've seen where he's had his moments where he shines. If he gets more consistent that way, he's been working on a mid-range jumper, which Sam Cassell all summer. I trust Sam and his player development skills. And then on top of that, you're going to be playing – your third option for defense is you're going to get the third-best defender or second-best defender on a defense because you got Joel and you got James Harden taking the heat off of you. He's going to feast. I, I, I do think he's going to be an all-star this year. I think 44 is right because you're projecting what he was last year combined what he who he was last year and what he can be this year. I think 44 is just fine. I think top 50 is okay for him. That's just me, though. Yeah, so look, if if you if we're projecting ahead and we consider the rate of improvement from last season and his work ethic, which is well-documented, he's a great shooter already, the speed, the touch, you're absolutely right. And he is in, like, maybe the perfect position for a player of his skill set to minimize his weaknesses and maximize his strengths, which is going to help make him look good. Absolutely. In that sense, 44 is definitely not egregious. But if we just read some of the names behind him on the list, should he be ahead of Darius Garland? Honestly, probably not. Uh, That's a tough call. I think that's a fairly even comp right now. I mean, it depends on what you value more. Mm -hmm. Garland's a better, like, he's he's better in playmaking, but Maxie's a better defender, and I think he's just faster overall. And he can play off the ball more. And Darius hasn't really had to play off the ball too much because Sexton didn't play last year. And then the year before, Darius was the rookie. So, like, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think their impact is pretty similar. I'd say they're neck and neck. That's a tough one to make. I mean, Garland was an all-star last year. He's the number one offensive option for a playoff team or a near playoff team. What would have been a playoff team if it weren't for injuries? I don't know now, if we can say Tyrese would have thrived in that role the way Garland did. No, 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 no. I will say this. Chris, Chris, I will say this. I do think some guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander, clearly Shea's better. Should be higher. Yeah, 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 he should be higher. Maybe Mikel Bridges. Jamal we don't Murray know about. At 50, I, the, the injury, I get it, but okay. last time we saw a- Aiden and Allen, okay, maybe I could get yeah. that. The Jaron Jackson Jr.? No, he's better than Jaron Jackson Jr. has not been healthy enough and consistent enough. I think he's better than De'Aaron Fox, too. That's just me. Absolutely. My thought, yeah. yeah. My thought looking at this list is that, and we're talking about it right now without even really talking about it specifically, is so many guys this year are going to have to have prove it to me years. We have so many guys coming off injury. I mean, we're naming all these guys who missed significant amounts of time and trying to project where they're going to be. And there's no yeah. way of knowing how they're going to respond to their therapy mm-hmm. and their recovery and all that. So guys like Shea Gilgis and Kawhi, you expect them to be amazing, but it doesn't always happen. No, Shea Gilgis ben will Simmons. miss a couple weeks. Yeah. 76. 
So yeah, yeah, that seems fun. too low to me. But we don't need to talk about. Well, that. yeah. Whoa! Did you say he's number seventy-six? Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, it's that amazing. is. That I'm is. Sure I, when they, you know, they know. They purpose. knew what they were doing. Yeah. Oh they, yeah. They, yeah, they knew what they were <laughs> doing. Um, <laughs> okay, let's talk about Tobias. He's at fifty-six. Um, I think my thoughts on Tobias have been made clear over the years. I'm a fan. He's a good player. I, I don't know if he's the 56th best player in the NBA. Uh, Matt, I know you generally disagree with me on Tobias. I think you're higher on him. Than can we, can we talk about that? Can we talk about that? Because, okay, <laughs> for those that – Okay, before we get into this, let me just explain what happened here because I read Matt's article. I had to edit it. So Dur- Chris, during the summer, as most of you guys know, was not with us. He did have some articles pre-made, including player position rankings. And Chris, where did you have Tobias 15th, right? In your player yeah. position rankings. So, and then as a counter art, uh, article, Matt came out with, and Matt, you know, was talking about the trade value or the value of Tobias Harris and criticized Chris's article in there where Matt brought up about five or six players that he thought was were better than the players that Chris put ahead of, of Tobias Harris. So now we get to have this finally resolved on the podcast, which I'm I'm very happy to listen to. So by all means, let's let's talk about this. All right. So to be fair, right now, and I have no reason to kiss his butt, so I would never say this, but I think Chris and I agree on a lot, and I have great respect for Chris and hope that's mutual. But for whatever reason, the Tobias Harris thing is a sticking point. It's come up over the last two years here and there, and I just think it's funny. But when I when we put together the I, I saw his list and I immediately was looking at a lot of the names that he had ahead of him. And I was kind of going, nope, nope, nope. And just kind of checking them down in my brain. And I was looking up stats and comparing players. And uh, honestly, for me, I just think 15 is way too low. And I, I mean, I don't agree with all the names on this ESPN list, but the ESPN list kind of jibes with my way of thinking. And that's why I think 56 is a good spot for him because I do have him ahead of guys like Al Horford. And for the record, I didn't see Dorian Finney-Smith's name anywhere on that list. I'm just saying. But, you know, there were certain guys who were, you know, maybe unfairly ahead of Tobias, in my opinion. Chris, do you have a, re- do you have a rebuttal? <laughs> wow. Did we lose Chris? We might have lost Chris. No, I'm here. Chris, are you there? You hear me? Chris, yeah, yeah. I hear you now. Chris, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Right, in your, I'm here. your weak argument, is it there? It yeah, might just not yeah, be able to fix. Okay. Way. Look, maybe, maybe it's because I just watched Tobias too much and I get too caught up in all his like little weird issues. And maybe I just watch him too much, and that's why I am so low on him. But not even low on him, just not as high as as you guys. I, Tobias is a really good player. I'm not going to sit here and knock him. He's not, like, way behind Dorian Finney-Smith or anything. They're all in a very similar tier in my head. So I'm not going to sit here and say that he's miles below OG and Anobi. They're just in a similar range, and I would prefer a really high-level defender who hits threes at a reasonable rate over a guy who's not as good a defender and who can bog down the offense when he tries to do too much. See, that's my argument, is I think... A lot of Sixers fans kind of don't appreciate all the things that Tobias does bring to the table, and they kind of get a little annoyed with the things that, he, that he's not doing. And you kind of take for granted the fact that slowly, over the last three years, every single year, he's become a better defender. He's a way better defender than he was when we got him. 
Yeah. And you actually, you can put him on a guy and leave him there and not have to bring help and trust that he's going to be able to hold his own nine times out of 10. Absolutely. And I feel like people have not seen that advancement or given him enough credit for it. No, yeah. Like Tobias was awesome in the playoffs. Like, like by far the best we've seen him in a Sixers uniform in the playoffs. And a lot oh. of that was because of the defense. Just don't, also, don't, ask, don't ask Jimmy Butler that though. He changed his approach offensively. He did a lot of good things after James got here. I, I, I don't want to sit here and try to take away from Tobias. I, I think he's a really good player. 56 is by no means unfair or unjust or totally outside the realm of reason. I'm, it's not what I'm saying. I, I would have him a little bit lower, and a lot of these guys are neck and neck. Like I don't think the difference between 56 and 76 is like an ocean. You know what I mean? These guys are all pretty close. These are pretty broad tiers if you're going to break them into tiers, I would imagine. So it really comes down to personal preference. I'm not okay. going to sit here and like rail against Tobias. This is not what I'm going to do. But I think he's a little too high. That's just my well, opinion. Okay. You look at the people. Let's just say what Chris said between 56 and 75, right? There, mm-hmm. there's really only like maybe two or three players that I could see that I would firmly mm-hmm. put ahead of Tobias. Mm-hmm. Like, not he's better than Vooch. Mm-hmm. Ro- mm-hmm. Robert Williams is kind of like iffy for me because like, yeah. yeah, but but he's always injured. He's like he's mm-hmm. gonna miss like the first like couple. Halliburton weeks. should be in the top fifty. I don't oh, know why he's the fifty. Yeah, Halliburton should be in the top fifty. Um, outside of that, I mean, look, you can. RJ Barrett, maybe Jeremy Grant's neck and neck. Uh, yeah. Miles Turner. I, hey. <laughs> I take Tobias Harris over Jeremy Grant 10 times out of 10. Maybe Spencer Dinwiddie. Actually, no, I think they're the same type of player, pretty much. No, he's better um, than Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and then maybe John Collins, but I think OG Ananobi should probably be ahead of him. OG Ananobi, on, when we went through that list, if you actually look uh, at the article that I wrote, the one thing I said about OG Ananobi is that he plays small forward for that team. So comparing the yeah. power forward, I didn't think was fair. I do think OG yeah. is a better player than Tobias, to be fair. Yeah. I just felt like he wasn't a power forward. It depends on what you label Scotty Barnes as. That, I think that's the tricky part there, because Scotty Barnes is kind of like his own thing. He's like a playmaking forward. kind. So it They depends. play Barnes and Siakam at the four more often than anything else. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I think Toronto, not to get too off topic this year, I think they're going to play Siakam at the five, Scotty at the four, uh, Ananobi at three, uh, Trent at the two, and Van Vliet at the one. I think that's going to be their starting five. Man, do I hope you're right, because Embiid is going to destroy that lineup. Yeah, I, I'm glad that he had the playoff series that they had against them, because like he needed that to get over that mental hurdle for sure. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at we're going to talk about the biggest trades in the Sixers franchise since the two, since 2000, you know, Y2K. So we're going to rank these. I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to tell you guys what they are. You guys tell me what you think. Okay. So 
we got Rocco and Dario Saric for Jimmy Butler, Iggy, Vooch, and Harkless for Andrew Bynum, Matt Barnes, Kenny Thomas for Chris Webber, Ben Simmons, Curry, Drummond for Harden, Allen Iverson for Andre Miller, and Kukoc and Theo Ratliff for Matumbo. How would you guys rank those? You go ahead, give me your list first, Matt. A um, couple of those don't move the needle for me at all. Like the Matt Barnes, Kenny Thomas, Chris Weber, I have almost no opinions on. That really didn't do a whole lot uh, for the team, in my opinion. Rocco and Dario, I liked uh, Covington. I love Dario, but that move had to happen. Um, the one that, that kind of affected <laughs> me and the team in the future, the one that I would put at the top, I mean, you say based on impact, you're saying positive or negative. And the huge crushing negative impact was the the one that I put at the top is Iggy Vucevic and Harkless for Andrew Bynum because obviously that set them back years. So that, so, so that would be the worst trade in your opinion. Then. That we they just said rank rank them on impact in terms of yeah. negative impact. That was brutal. Okay. I mean that just set them back four or five years at least because I was a Vucevic uh, fan. I actually really liked him as a rookie, and I was I thought they gave up on him way too early, and as it you know turns out they did. Iggy again, like he was, he was an amazing defender and athlete who was still developing his offensive game, but he came around and Bynum wound up doing nothing. So that wound up being absolutely terrible. Last year, the Ben Simmons Curry Drummond trade for Harden was almost really kind of hard to rank or hard to, to quantify because even looking at the trade as it happened, you knew they weren't going to be able to feel the real impact of that until this year. Because having to give up Curry and Drummond and bench pieces and things like that that were really significant to them was going to hurt them last year no matter what happened. So really this year, when they're able to fill in some of those holes they lost, filling in Curry and filling in Drummond, finally we'll be able to see the real repercussions of that trade, like the real impact of having Harden and good, talented pieces around him because they lost so much losing Curry and Drummond. That would be two for me in terms of impact, and I'm hoping that is positive because I think that could wind up being a huge positive deal for them, like an amazing positive deal for them if Harden plays the way that we hope. I, I, I think that's a pretty fair way to look at it. I, I I think I agree with the Bynum trade just because it had such like a profound – it was like such a profound setback for the franchise that it's pretty fair to put it at number one just if we're – and pure impact, like you said, positive or negative. That's pretty high up there. The Jimmy one should have been at the top of the list, but he was only there for less than eight season, and they didn't end up getting past the second round, and then he was out the door. So it's kind of a what if at this point. Yeah, I, I think the Harden trade at two is fair. I think moving forward, that's kind of going to, determine possibly how we look back at the Embiid era or whether or not this Harden thing is successful because they Embiid's not young anymore that's the thing when they traded for Jimmy there's some margin for error because Embiid was still kind of just getting into his prime he's like 24 25 now he's getting up there late 20s you know the time to win is now so there's a much greater the, the stress level is higher it's more important to win now Harden's older than Jimmy was at the time. Like, it has to work now. And obviously, Ben was a big part of this franchise for a minute there. And that has to factor into the equation, too. So I, I think you have the right top two. I don't have much of an opinion on the Chris Webber trade either. 
obviously the Allen Iverson Andre Miller trade is notable as like the end of an era and but I, I think Harden at two and Bynum at one is, is probably the way to go and that could flip depending on how the the Harden era pans out. Chris, you nailed it, man. I'm proud of you. Uh you mentioning Iverson the end of an era. To me that's number one because for mm. an entire decade this player not only left his imprint on the game, but an entire culture. He had little kids, whether they were Asian or white, doesn't matter. These kids were getting cornrow braids. They had tattoos on their arms at games. These are kids who are like 10, 11 years old. And that was just gone as soon as, you know, he, he felt as though he could not win here. And Andre Miller, great player, floor general. But at that point, they just became a mediocre team. So to me, that's number one. I think like Matt said, the Weber trade was like, uh, they were trying to get someone in here to help Iverson, but clearly that, that fell apart as far as the Iggy Vucevic. And I know how much Iggy meant to, to Lucas. That was a big trade for him. Vooch, like you said, Matt, he was given up on way too early. I'm, I'm on that same boat with you. Uh, you can cue the two kids on ESPN SPs instead of saying, thanks, Ben Simmons. It's, Thanks, Doug Collins, because it was all on his lap in terms yep. of his movement. The Matumbo thing, I like Matumbo. Nobody would stopping. Gone, would, would they have gotten to the NBA Finals without Matumbo? Actually, yes. they, they would have. Here's why. If you go back and look at their record pre-Matumbo trade, the Sixers had one of the best records in the league. After Matumbo became a Sixer and put on a Sixers jersey, they were barely 500. So Matumbo was was – a key factor defensively, but nobody's stopping Shaq. But I do think Ratliff, if healthy, could have given Shaq a little bit more run for his money. Because uh, he's a thicker guy, right? He was always oh, a thick player. This right? dude's triceps Two. were like Ratliff? rock. Yeah, yeah Ratliff. No, no see then. And so I, I agree with you, but for completely different reasons. Oh, so I, I love that team. And I, I actually, I really loved Kukoc and Ratliff. And the, the first half of the season – was about as much fun as any season I've ever watched. They were a blast mm-hmm. to watch. They won 10 um, in a row to start the season. Oh, oh that, and that streak was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the reason – so I didn't want to see that trade happen. But, I mean, the reason it had to happen was because Ratliff got hurt. Yeah. If Ratliff had not gotten hurt, they probably would have kept him and they probably, I think, would have still gone to the finals against the Lakers with a healthy coach and Ratliff. Um, I don't think they necessarily <laughs> needed Matumbo to make any moves against the Lakers. The reason I think – he would have been interesting against the Lakers is not because he was a big, strong dude. Cause he was nowhere near as big and strong as Matumbo. It's cause he was smaller and quicker. Hmm. I think that would have given Shaq's, you know, Shaq would have beaten him up down low. They would have had to play some games on defense, but on offense, I think they really could have done some things with moving Ratliff around and throwing him lobs. And I think Shaq would have had a hard time staying with him too. Now, if I remember correctly, cause I only came in at the end of Ratliff's career, he had a nice little elbow jumper too, right? So that he yes. could pull Shaq out a little yeah. bit from the yep. paint. Okay. Yeah, he couldn't hit deep, but he could hit you from 16. Okay. And Ratliff, Ratliff was a lot quicker off of his feet. He was mm-hmm. a, a much better lob threat. Yep. So, so yeah. And, and another thing like Matumbo, wait, we lost Chris. We lost Chris like two minutes ago. Oh, I, didn't ago. Wanna, I, did, I, just, I didn't want to interrupt just, you guys. You guys had, were on a roll. I'm sure no, we'll get good. back. Um, no, no. And, and the last thing I'll say, uh, Harden for Simmons, like you guys were saying, that's to be determined. We just have to wait and see this season. What do you uh-huh. think, Lucas? So 
I'm going to go from least to greatest, okay? So least on this list is going to be the Chris Webber one because even though Chris Webber was still averaging, what, like 15 or 17 points, it just wasn't what what the doctor ordered. Didn't really make a difference. Based off of your conversations about the Matumbo one, I'm going to put that second last. After that, that's, that's, that's where this gets tricky then. Um, I'll put the Harden one because just because we haven't seen the full effects of that one yet. Next. And then I will put... Um, I remember the Allen Iverson trade. Uh, I do remember that because I was, I was starting to get into the NBA there. Um, I remember it more from the Denver perspective than the Philly perspective because I wasn't really following Philly yet. But I do remember that, and I remember that it was a big shock for everybody. So in that regard, I'll put that, I'll put that ahead of the Jimmy Butler one just because the Jimmy Butler one was so short. So I'll put Jimmy Butler after the, uh, the Matumbo one, then Iverson, and then – no, sorry. I'll put the Jimmy Butler one after the Harden one, and then the Iverson one, and then I got to go with the Bynum one just because it, it, start, it triggered the process. It's exactly what it did. It triggered the process. It, it's triggered what's going on now in the franchise. So, yeah, it's, that's the biggest one in my opinion. The uh, Iverson-Miller one is interesting because I totally agree with Uriah that in terms of the fan base and generations of not only Philly youth but the nation's youth in terms of, like, the effect that he had on society, Iverson – I don't know that we have too many players that you could compare to the impact that he had personally. But what's really sad as a huge Iverson fan who I, I mean, love Iverson is mm-hmm. that we actually won that trade, which is terrible. I mean, you hate to look at it that way, but we wound up getting the better player because he was never the same. Well, no, he had a really good, he had a good year in, in Denver and then they traded him after that. But like, he wasn't even great in Denver, really. He, he averaged 27 that first year in Denver. It wasn't efficient, but he averaged it. So still got to give him credit there. I will say that the Sixers might have won it because then we get we got a pick out of that draft that became a core piece. I was it Drew Holiday, or was it somebody else, or was it Most Space? It might have been Most. I don't know. It might have been Most Space. But how about Matt? Uh, Don't forget that season that they traded for Matumbo when he was an All Star with Iverson. You know who the coach was of that all-star team, right? I'm going on the Wayback Machine. Was Larry Brown? Yeah, yes, yes, it yeah. was. So how about a yeah. a potential tampering case 21 right. years ago? You would never, yeah, you would never have said that then, but now you would. It's all people will be talking about. Uh, the real killer for that team, too, with Matumbo, just since we're, we're talking about it, is how bad he was on offense. Right. I mean, because, again, I, I'm not going to – beat Chris up too much with the Rudy, Rudy Gobert comp, but it's, that's a good comp, right? So he was great on the boards, amazing on defense, hands of stone. Like he couldn't catch the passes that Iverson kept trying to slip him. Things would just brick off his hands. Whereas a Theo Ratliff was not as big or strong or physical and as good on the boards, but he would block everything in sight and everything you threw to him, he caught. Matumbo was almost as bad, Matt, as Sam D'Alembert catching the ball. Oh, oh gosh. he he didn't wow. have hands of stone. He had see, hands of silly putty, hands now, of Play-Doh. Now, see, guys, I'll tell you this. I did not get to watch. I, I told you guys, I came in in 2005, 2006 for NBA. 
So I only saw Matembo at the end of his career backing up Yao Ming. And I remember when his career ended because he like broke his shin or his tibia uh, in the playoffs against the Blazers, I think. Mm -hmm. Because Yao was already out. I remember that. And I looked up the trade here. So this is what the Sixers got in return. Uh, this so they traded Allen Iverson and Ivan McFarlane to the Nuggets for Andre Miller, Joe Smith, two 2007's first round picks that became Daquan Cook, who w- went to this to the um the Heat for uh Jason Smith, I think, mm-hmm. and then Terry wow, Capone, Pet Capono, Capono, no, 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 Terry Capone, K O P O N E N. Yeah, I don't know some Euro- European guy that okay. clearly did not make an impact. So That's good grab. Yeah, part of that trade, part of that trade was two things: was that Joe Smith had been a number one or number two draft pick who didn't pan out, and yeah. not only not only were they hoping that he would wind up like coming around here in Philly and having like a second career, like his career would bounce back and be the player they hoped, but he was also buddies with Iverson. Mm. Ah, Virginia. They were hoping that would work out and never did. Homies from yeah. Virginia. See, I think of Joe Smith, I just think of the tampering thing that happened in Minnesota. All right, the final topic tonight. If you were watching the Eagles game, shout out to the Birds. They're 2-0. and Jalen Hurts is showing us who he really is. They let me draft him in fantasy. I am the only are you, non- Are you booing Jalen Hurts? I'm booing the I am Commanders. Native at heart guy in that chat. I guess other than Lucas, who's a Commanders fan. And they hey, let man. me draft Jalen Hurts. What's going on with that, guys? Yeah, what is going I on? I feel with great that? about it. Thank you. Yeah. You should. The Sixers and well, Fantasy Football League. Go Jalen for Chris's fantasy team and for yes. the entire city of Philadelphia. By the way, Chris, I, the last podcast, I appreciate you being for the people. You are so for the people. And I wore my Jalen Hurts jersey yesterday. I, You're for the people, I'm man. Jalen Hurts representing down in Atlanta. So anyway, let's get to the point. My point was in the stands was James Harden uh, rooting for the Eagles, his, his new football team. He's been in the city for almost a year now, not even a year. And I think Darius Slay gave him a game ball that, that maybe I think he intercepted. But the point is uh, there are players or celebrities that, go to football games and they get all types of airtime and they show them on the screen. Well, what about the Sixers, right? So what we're going to do right now is have some fun and we're going to rank well-known figures, celebrities known for attending Sixers games. Here is your list. Matt, you'll go first. Tell me what you think. We're going to go with M night Shyamalan, the director, movie maker, Alan Horwitz, who is the, he gives himself the nickname, the Sixers six man. Uh, Allen Iverson, obviously, is at a lot of Sixers games sitting front row. Meek Mill, a big-time hip-hop artist from Philly. Kevin Hart, also from from Philly. And uh, Kendall Jenner, she made the list. So, (laughs) Matt, go ahead and rank those. All right. Kendall Jenner can stay in Phoenix with Booker. (laughs) I I don't really need her on this list, but that's all right. Um, She was a jinx every time she played, no matter what, or every time she came, no matter what. So, let, this is an easy list for me, and I'm going to go um, Allen Iverson, Kevin Hart, Meek Mill. Um, Allen Horvitz, I don't know. I, he has no impact on me when he's there. Supposed to be a really nice guy. Great. 
M Knight, you know, maybe he'll make a comeback. A couple years ago, he was big, not so much anymore. And then again, Kendall, stay in Phoenix. Look, I'm gonna just say yes to all that. I I agree. You know, it was weird in middle school. People said that I look like M Night Shyamalan, and I'm just like, I don't think so. Just yes. he, I, I, you no. need to get your curly hair back. No, 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 because M Night is okay. So M Night Shyamalan, for those that don't know, he's uh, Indian, and I'm Italian, so I don't think we look anything alike. But but yeah, no, I, I'm okay with that list. I I also have Allen Iverson, Kevin Hart, Meat Mills, Hor, uh, Horwitz, How, yeah, and then and Shyamalan and Jenner. Okay, guys. <laughs> Alan Iverson is number one. I think we can all agree with that, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so here, I'll just brief aside. I, I unfortunately do not have much experience with Meek Mill's music, which is my fault. I need to get around to that. Uh-oh. M. Night Shyamalan, look, I'm obviously the movie guy. I haven't seen a ton of his movies, to be honest. Which is again, is my fault. Wow. I'm just getting around to it. I, I, Science wow. is good. Science I have a hundred years of movies to catch up on. <laughs> the stuff I have seen is good. Signs is interesting. Old, his newer movie. Don't 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 watch the Avatar. Don't watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's why he won. I, did, I have seen that. that. I watched it when I was. Oh, did like, you see younger. the the Sixth Sense? I haven't seen the thing. I know. That's what this is almost named I after. I know. Oh my god. I know. The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable made him. They were amazing. going to be my number two just because I have to represent for the film crowd. Um, Uh, Kevin Hart doesn't represent for the film crowd? No. Yeah, I was about to say, Kevin Hart Hart filmmaking crowd. Culturally relevant, lasting thing. What has Kevin Hart done that's actually good or interesting? I haven't seen Um, it. What? um, um, You got to watch Netflix. You not watch his stand-ups? Four. I'll put... Alan Horowitz, five. I'm with you, Matt. I, he doesn't really do anything for me. And I'll put Kendall Jenner at six. Wait, 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 wait. Can we talk? Chris, Chris, have you ever seen any of his stand-ups on yeah, there Yeah, it's like below-average stand-up comedy. They're what? Stand-ups on what? Chris, hold on. Lucas, let what? me get him. What are you doing? Let me get him, but but in what? a good way. Chris, there's a movie on Netflix. Actually, it's a, it's a series. It's called uh, True Story came out in 2021 it's a drama chris it's not like a slapstick in your face kevin hart I, trying not, to be fun i have nothing against comedies i'm not saying you can't do you gotta you gotta see true story comedy it's a really good dramatic story it's it's based on his life pretty much wesley snipes is in it some other well-known actors you gotta check that out. Sorry if I interrupt. My my yeah. jaws drop, Chris. I, I like wow. You don't like you don't I like, like the his Jumanji movies. I haven't. I'm not saying he hasn't done anything half decent before. He has some mildly entertaining stuff on his resume. I haven't seen every Kevin Hart movie, but like so the reason I love Kevin Hart. Interesting. I'm not a Kevin Hart. Wow. Guy. The wow. reason I love Kevin I'm Hart sorry. and the reason I like him really high on this list <laughs> is because. He is a very likable, even if you don't know who he is, obviously hugely popular guy who connects with a lot of different people and I think represents the city well, considering he's from here. And I love the fact that he has kind of been a guy who has become our Spike Lee, our Drake, our big guy who is very outspoken with the fans, On you know, runs on the court and talks to the athletes. I was about to say, he's fine. I like that he's become our version of that. Like, I was about to say he's Spike basically Lee our Jack Nicholas. Has made some yes. greatest movies of all time. 
Kevin Hart hasn't done that yet. That's just there's nothing Chris, to do with the Sixers. You're absolutely Chris. Right. Chris watch None wow. of true story. Have anything to do with his relationship to the city or anything wow. Sixers related? You're absolutely right. All right, my right. turn. So my turn. My I'm turn. Sorry. My turn. My what turn. What do you got, Uriah? Please. So wait, I'm sorry, Lucas. Did you go? I think it's your turn. Yeah, I, I went. You went. I you went. went. All right. Yeah. So real quick before I get to my rankings, Lucas, not Lucas, Chris, you got to watch True Story. He does a really good job in a dramatic role. Uh, and also, he's the face of Wawa now. If you go into Wawa, you'll see <laughs> really? Kevin Hart. Yeah, he's, okay, he's really? like, he's got a okay. hoagie in one okay. hand never, and some okay. drink in another. I can I dig it. I don't have these experiences under my belt yet. Oh, right. yeah, that's right. Chris is in Georgia. They don't have Wawa's there. He's, we don't have Wawa's. They're headed your way. They're in Florida, so don't worry. I've seen him. I, I saw one in a, in on my way to New York this summer. So I have seen one. I haven't been inside one yet. We got really good food. I will say the story of his comeback from his car accident, very inspirational. His attitude yeah. was so positive the whole time. So he's a great story, too. 100%. All right. Kendall Jenner is number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to. I put her on the list, but for jokes, you know. All right. I'm going to go Allen Iverson, number one. Anytime the camera gets on him in the Wells Fargo Center, there's applause, there's praise, there's there's nostalgia. So he's number one. Number two was tough because if you talk about the embodiment of the city, the, the grit, the grime, the, you know, started from the bottom. Now we're here. You can go Meek or you can go Kevin Hart. I don't necessarily listen to Meek Mill. I like the song that the Eagles were listening to during the Super Bowl season. Uh, but maybe Kevin Hart's number two for me because he's done so much for the city. Okay. Yep. And and here's a little no little known fact that none of you know. So I swam for a team in the '80s called Jeez, I just told my age called, P, <laughs> called PDR. They made a they made a movie after my swim team called Pride, starring uh, who was it? Bernie Mac and Terrence Howard. True story. Cool. So uh, we we're all African American swim team, the only one pretty much in the country. And Kevin Hart swam on my swim team. I'm a little older than him, so he swam after me. I swam before Kevin Hart. So I was on the same swim team as Kevin Hart. So M. Night Shalomon is after Meek. Alan Horowitz, look. I, I mean, look, he's a super fan, right? I just don't like when he he's, like, trying to high-five players, like he's on the team. That's just annoying, and I've heard that from a lot of other fans. But, you know, more power to him if he has the money and he's – like Matt said, he's been a season ticket holder for 75 years, whatever. Uh, so be it. And then I guess I go M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. And the last Wait. little subtop. Oh, what? what? You put M. Night after the guy who wears the jersey on the sidelines? Yeah, we all did. God. Oh, no. <laughs> really? We oh, all no, did? wait, Chris, you're right. I had it mixed. I think he is. I like seeing, I like seeing him on the sideline. It's just he's just a cool figure. He's like a movie him director. Is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Look. I like him. I like him. So ha- Alan is toward the bottom. Number All right. Two. The last part we mentioned people that are actually at the games, but if you could pick anyone associated with Philly or not associated, who would you like to see at more home games, Matt? So a couple of things. So right off the bat, you mentioned the Eagles game the other night, and I love when the athletes come in and support each other. Yeah. So getting the other, getting the Eagles in there, getting other Phillies in there, uh, that to me, I really enjoy. So, you know, any other like Starf getting Jalen Hurts and Bryce Howard, getting those guys, or not Bryce Howard, Bryce Harper. Um, I would love to see more of that. I love that. Um, in terms of celebrities, it's funny that 
my mind went back to that 2000, 2001 year. And I thought of Will Smith. That's a little dated right now. Probably shouldn't go there. So then my next person that I thought of that I would love to see more uh, affiliated with the Sixers is Bradley Cooper. Big name, uh, local guy, high energy. You took Chris's. I did. I didn't even know. See? See, Chris and I agree on certain things. Yeah. See, we're <laughs> just not Tobias Harris. That's right. Or Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Well, nobody agrees with Chris on Rudy Gobert. <laughs> it's not true. All Unless of Utah agrees with me. Yeah, I have the entire state of Utah standing behind me. It's yeah. one very important issue. Standing behind you. I don't know if I would Georgia. be bragging. I don't know if, the, if the, I would be bragging about it, the whole entire state of Utah standing behind yeah, me. Yeah, you know. It's, What's yeah. really terrible is that Minnesota is going to be really good this year, and Chris is going to spend the whole year saying, oh. see, it's cousin, cousin Gobert. Well, it will be because of Gobert. I mean, he look, Gobert is good, but, like, they were already on the up and up anyway. And now they're going to be on the up, 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 up top because they have Gobert. All right, I pulled you guys off track. Celebrities associated with Philly. Somebody go. <laughs> I, I will go next. So, in terms of, I would like, I got two. I got one former player. I'd like to see more of Dr. J. Okay. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like we see him enough at games. I would like to see more of him. Another one that I would like to see, another person I would like to see more of is Sylvester Stallone. Look, we have a statue for a fictional character that we played for that he played in the city of Philadelphia. He needs to show up to more games. That's it. I don't hate it, but he's not really a Philly guy, right? I mean, look, his movies are made made Philly iconic in some ways. So. True. And his character is definitely Philly, so I, I I would like to see more Stallone personally. Okay, so my answer is going to be Bradley Cooper. If you guys haven't seen <laughs> A Star Is Born, you should. Um, I googled just now Philly actors. Um, apparently, Kevin Bacon is on the list. That guy's cool. Um, oh, I, don't I, I don't know if I, I don't I don't know if I want to see Kevin Bacon. Game. Uh, yeah. I love Kevin Bacon. I like Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been a Philly guy for a long time, though. That's fine. Uh, there's this movie called The Silver Linings Playbook where Robert De Niro wears an Eagles jersey and plays a Philly fan. I know he's not a Philly guy, but I wouldn't mind seeing Bob De Niro at a Sixers game. Did you just call him uh, Bob De Niro? No, it's Robert. Chris knows him. Have some class. Know what, Have what some class. shorthand for, Luke? I know it's shorthand for, but give the name some respect, sir. I have so much respect for Robert De Niro. Don't Thank worry. you. Um, you know, I, I agree. All the Eagles guys, cool with me. As someone who is leaning more and more into the Eagles fandom now, I'm just going to keep leaning into Ooh. it. Guys, Let's get Jalen Hurts at some more games. <laughs> uh, Hang on. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just thought of a really good one. Danny DeVito. Oh, I was thinking of him. He was uh, in the mo- the show Always Sunny. Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I you're thinking Philly-ish more than Philly, but that's yeah. all right. I like hey. I like Kevin Bacon, but just to be different, and and I do like Sylvester Stallone, but just to be different, I'm gonna say Dawn Staley. I think. Ooh. You don't know who Dawn Staley is? I'm sure if you tell me who they are, I'm gonna remember as soon as you tell that, me. Uh, uh, obviously, female basketball player. She, oh, she, she's a uh, yes, she coach yes. for Temple, Matt. Um, she, she, oh, she played. Orlando, for 
Elena Deladon played in for Delaware, which is pretty much like right next to Philly. Just saying, if you Dawn Staley was, if you go down Market Street, you come to Philly. They used to have, I think they used to have a mural of her right above that Burger King on Market Street. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm talking about Matt. Yeah. So she, when you get a mural in Philly, that's a kind of a big deal because mm-hmm. you know, oh, people yeah. like Dr. J and Matisse Dibel has <laughs> has a mural of himself. But anyway. So Dawn Staley, she's she's meant a lot to the city of Philadelphia as well as basketball in general. So I, I would like to see Dawn at more more Sixers games. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that the Sixers should? Do you think the WNBA should expand to to Philly? I think that's for another episode. We're at fifty nine minutes. She coached for Temple. I screwed up. Yeah, she, she played for uh for what Virginia, Virginia. I think so. But she was amazing, and yes, Rep Philly. That's actually as good a name as we've mentioned. I love Don Staley. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Um, before um, we get off, though, I do want to mention here real quick. And you, Chris, did you want to add something else here? Because I was going. Well, I just wanted to say I just realized that Richard Gere is from Philly. I know he's a little up there in age now, but days of having one of the great American movies. Go, Richard Gere. All right, continue. Mm-hmm. I just want to say before Chris wraps things up, I do want to say first off, Matt, thanks again for coming on the podcast. I do also want to acknowledge the news that broke today that uh, Robert Sarver, owner of the Phoenix Suns, that's been suspended, has now agreed is now in the process of selling the team. So that is he, pressure has gotten to him, and that's good because we don't the NBA does not need an owner like him. Good for the sport. Good for the sport. Absolutely. So just want to mention that if you guys want to chime in on that before we go, that's that's fine. If not, Chris, you can go ahead and play us out. Uh, the yeah. only thing I was going to say is that I, you know, they, they seem to like be reluctant to kick to give him the same treatment they gave Donald Sterling and kick him out a couple years ago. And I don't know why that was because Donald Sterling was, was never kicked out. He Donald. was pushed so hard. Oh my gosh, he was he, suspended. Like, he was suspended indefinitely or forever, a lifetime ban. But his wife was the one that st- took control of the team from him and sold the team without NBA pressure. You oddly sound like you're defending Donald Sterling. I am um, not. I am not. I promise you I'm not. I'm giving you the facts of what actually happened. They're, yeah, they're, okay. They're both just a, honestly. They're not, both terrible not, not human guys who should be representing the NBA in any way. Can we agree Agreed. on that? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I just wanted to make sure we had the right facts. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, farewell. Goodbye. Glad he's gone. Um so yeah, I don't I don't have much to say. It's good thing that he's gone. Kind of sucks that he's gonna like get a billion dollars on the way out, profiting from selling the team. But uh, by the way, he didn't have too uh, many nice things, I guess. Yeah, uh, I uh, actually uh, for those that know, uh, one of our four former contributors, Stuart, listened to the podcast and in our Slack feed for the website, he had mentioned it on the fan sided Slack. He had quoted, he had tagged me and put that quote. Oh it's hard to feel sad for somebody that's going to make $2 billion or something from the sale. So, yeah. yeah. It's also hard to feel bad for somebody with all the racist and sexist things that seem to follow him around, but that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's no way to properly punish the guy, which is unfortunate, but it's a good thing that he's not going to be involved with the league anymore. Um, so yeah, that is how we will end this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks again, Matt for coming on we really do appreciate it thanks I, for having I, me it was a lot of fun yeah and I, I would just recommend that everyone go seek out matt's work at the website he always does some great stuff 
read his opinions on Tobias Harris. I agree with all of them. Um, and yeah, as always, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Sixer Sense podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com, where you can read our work as well. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. And until next week, peace out. Go Sixers, go Eagles. Woo! Talk to you soon. Powered by Riverside. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.